Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Today we're going to be discussing video games, but this is a wild episode because... <laughs> because this episode's gone through three different iterations, and in the time it's taken to get around to recording, my topics have to change, or my info on these topics have to change because so much time has passed. I feel awful about it, but I've been doing more stereo podcast freestyles when I when I do podcasts now. Um, so go check me out on stereo. I still love to do this, but um, but yeah, lots been going on. First off, real quick update: I'm gonna just say thank you to everyone who's been supporting, who's been listening, who 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 um, keeps up with my content. I do appreciate it; it means the world to me. Um, Chameleon is out now, streaming everywhere. Go check that out. Got new content on the way. Uh, follow up to Chameleon. Uh, Brain Tapes Volume Three is in the works. Um, some short films. I'm now president of Fifty Flames. So shout out to Fifty Flames and all the diverse artists under us. Um, we're growing and expanding to be a new haven for diverse and unique and talented hip hop artists of all kinds. So go check out 50 Flames on Instagram. Go follow me on Instagram at Psychic34. And um, yeah, once again, I appreciate everything. And there's so much more content to come. And I'm super excited for it all. Now, to the meat and potatoes of why you're all here, hopefully. Video game. Oh my god, Psychic such a nerdy talk about video games. Yeah, um... There's a lot to say about video games. We have been living in a very interesting time of video games. Anybody who is a gamer, which is actually a surprising amount of the population, but in all seriousness, a legitimate gamer. Not just someone who casually pops into Madden and plays it for a month and says they're a gamer. Nothing against that. That's perfectly fine. If you love video games, you love video games. I have no hate in my heart towards anybody. However, um, I'm saying for people who game game, you know what I mean? Like me people who talk about it fucking endlessly to the point where their parents would be willing to kick them out of their house forcing them to create a podcast so please listen it pays me i have almost enough money to pay for half of a subway sandwich anywho um so the the gist of what i'm getting at is i started drafting this concept this is going to be embarrassing in mid-September. Now, to be fair, I've been living in a dorm with some very loud roommates. Nothing against them, but they're super fucking loud. So I cannot actually record efficiently. And I'm not rocking the best recording setup for my podcasts. I save that for the music because I don't have energy or time. But um, I do love talking about these things and I do want it to be polished enough. Just note, as... As always, this is how Psychic's Thoughts work. If you haven't been here before, thank you, welcome, hope you're doing well, hope you're having a good day or evening, whatever it may be. And uh, just to remind everybody, first off, these things run about 45 to 90 minutes, so buckle up, sit down, grab your favorite popcorn, get to work on your favorite thing, hope your drive is comfortable, whatever the hell you're doing. Um, this is about video games, but video games often and things I talk about correlate to other things. I will be dropping nuggets of knowledge and information and experience. Um, the video games is the main thing I use in this channel because it's just what I can talk about endlessly. Um, 
but I also do talk about other topics, so you can go check those out. There's one about mental health, about depression, one about OCD, maybe? Wait, maybe not, maybe I haven't released that one yet. Anyway, um, we got mental health, we've got um, stuff about hip-hop and making music and my experience in hip-hop, we got things about filmmaking, um, uh, general things, but I would say about 75 to 80% of all the episodes have to do with video games. However, if you're not a gamer, if you don't give a fuck about video games, I implore you to keep listening because I don't just talk about, oh, this video game has this character and this is the lore. No, 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 no. I'm breaking it down in simple terms. I'm relating it to global economics. I'm I'm relating it to the history. I'm relating it to art, to entertainment, to video games, of course, and their respective franchise. To capitalism and to everything in between. I try to give a whole and more well-rounded picture. And sometimes it is very, very specific because it is essentially a review. My first hands-on X amount of hours on any said video game. Now that housekeeping is out of the way, let's get into the topic. Okay. Video games, video games, video games. Well, Psychic, it's been about three and a half months since you released a full fucking episode about video games. What do you have to say for us? Well, a lot. Actually, too much to fit in a single episode. And I don't know where I'm going to find the time to record more of these. Here's some video games I've been playing for the past three and a half months. I've been cranking up my PC gaming usage. I love my PC. I'm very glad I invested in one. Still love my Xbox, though. Um, okay, here's some things. A handful of games I've tried through Game Pass, but notable standouts. Insurgency Sandstorm. Great tactical FPS shooter. Walks the fine line between being hardcore tactical realism. It is that. But not being so slow or sluggish to the point where it would bore you to tears. It is intense. It is super fun. And it is what I think is super realistic. Granted, I'm not... Never served in the military, so I guess I wouldn't know. But it seems realistic. You know what I mean? It seems grounded in reality. It seems like if they use a lot of info, and it seems from the research I've done on the game, that many veterans and ex-military folks, or military folks uh, in, in America at least, are appreciative of the directions it, have, it has taken. It is now out on console. It's only 40 bucks. It will be on sale. Oh, also, just so you know, buy these games I mentioned. Look them up, do your own research, and then buy them. <laughs> no, but really do your research on them because some of these are great. Unless I say otherwise, most of the ones I'm talking about are notable for some reason or another. And I'm going to talk about ones that aren't. But I want to mention a few. And just so you guys know, this is about a handful of video games. Some first reviews, some initial thoughts, and the climate of video games. I am, I am. This is a big episode because I'm getting through three and a half months of very, very, very dense video game stuff <laughs> from me personally and from global, excuse me, global scale. Sorry, I haven't had enough water and I just did freestyle podcast for an hour. So, yeah. Um, but just so you know, a lot of these are going to be on sale on Black Friday. So if you're a gamer, if you're interested in any of these, do your research and save your money. Because I'm not shitting you when I'm saying, in fact, on the Xbox store, on Microsoft store, they already got a Black Friday sale going on. 
Some of these games I'm talking about are 50 or 60 or more percent off. Oh my god. If I knew that, if I wasn't an idiot and didn't buy it last month or two months ago, then again, I wouldn't have had the fun I've had. So, kicking off the list, we have Insurgency Sandstorm, as I started to mention. Tactical Realism Shooter. It's brutal. Absolutely fucking brutal. I've spent about 80 hours into it, which is a little embarrassing. I didn't realize I spent that much time on it. Um, it's one of those games where you can spend 80 hours and you still feel like a noob. It is definitely hardcore. It's not necessarily easy to get into, but for my console players who want a realistic tactical shooter experience, kind of like what the first three seasons, four seasons of Rainbow Six was like, get this game. (laughs) Oh my god, if you're tired of COD, get this game, get this game, just get it. I, I swear to god, if you like FPS, if you like tactical realism, get it. It's now on console. And it's on PC. You have no excuse not to. It's $40. It'll be on sale on Black Friday. It's worth it even if it's not. Here's what the, here's why. This will give you a reason to not have to hate Call of Duty. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is a stunning revelation I had. I bought Call of Duty Vanguard. I do hate myself. I highly recommend nobody buys that game yet. Unless you're a super COD fan. Fine. Have it. But... I recommend against it. Why did I buy it? To keep in touch with a friend. And it was worth the investment. It's a fun multiplayer. I'm not going to lie. It's better than Cold War, but it's not as good as Modern Warfare 2019. God Vanguard, this is. Um, Zombies is bare bones and needs way more rework. I haven't actually played the campaign yet. I I just recently got it. Uh, And now I'm away from my PC for a week. So there's that. Okay. So I, I recommend Against Vanguard right now, as of November 21st, as a whole. Don't don't get it right now. Wait till it's on sale. Unless you have Insurgency Sandstorm and you have extra money to spend on COD and you find other reasons to get COD. Because Insurgency Sandstorm fills in the gaps that COD will never. It is a tactical realistic shooter. It is CQB medium range combat I mean you have snipers and you do have some larger maps but um, it's not like Battlefield 2042 we'll get to that later Um, it is more on a small scale it is an urban conflict we're talking 2010-2012 Middle Eastern conflicts such as Afghanistan or Iraq or Iran so um it is intense in the sense that you have incredible sound design. Probably the best sound design in a video game. Almost, actually. There's another game I'm going to mention later that has just slightly better for different reasons. But some of the best sound design. Guns are all realistic. They're weighty. They punch. They feel visceral. Gore is cranked up to 11, considering it's a multiplayer game. When you shoot someone in the head with a high-caliber round, enough of a high-caliber round... Their head pops like a fucking meat sack balloon. It is terrifying when you're on the receiving end of that, and it is very satisfying on the opposite end. There is no hit markers. There is no points. There is no indicating that you killed somebody. You either see their body drop, or you pray to God you get blood mist or brain matter on a wall on the off chance of noting the fact that you killed somebody. Not to be a sick, sardonic son of a bitch like myself, but in general, just to note, oh, I got a kill. Good for me. It is super intense. 
you will die a lot. But I would say if anyone's interested in a more tactical, grounded, realistic approach, a little slower pace as a whole in terms of you have to play smarter. It's not rub it good, but still fast paced enough and action enough where you can get 15 to 20 kills and be in a visceral combat experience within a 30 minute match. Get Insurgency Sandstorm. It's $40. It runs smoothly and there's no complaints for me. Other than a couple things, I would like them to add some more game modes. Um, permanent game modes. And I think the balance there is domination, which is nice to get used to the gameplay or just to jump in and have fun more so. This will still get your ass handed to you, but you do get, you do get to respawn infinite times on like a five second timer so that helps you really get familiar with loadouts and weapons and balance and lets you just if you just want 10 minutes of fun you don't want to get brutally murdered and feel like you really have to compete i like that that mode's there because not every time do i want to jump in and be the most useful to my team to be honest with you but you got push frontier and one other mode i'm forgetting Larger scale, they do require communication. You do have wave-based respawn or a limited amount of respawns. It's a little more intense, to say the least. Anyway, Insurgency Sandstorm, I highly recommend. I've spent 80 hours in it. I still feel like there's so much more to learn and so much more to play. It's going to be a solid game in constant and consistent rotation for me, as it has shown to be one of my favorites. It is on Xbox. It is on PlayStation. It is on PC. So anybody who has those who's looking for that kind of game, do some research and just buy it. It's $40, and I guarantee you it'll be cheaper come Black Friday, and there's no reason not to. It is one of the best games out there for a military realistic tactical shooter that is still fast-paced enough and fun enough where you don't feel like you're sitting counting the fucking clouds hoping something happens. Insurgency Sandstorm. Check it out. And hopefully they had crossplay. That would be nice. Anyway, moving on. Chivalry 2. About Chivalry 2, uh, like a week or two after, I've been having a problem. I've been buying more games because I have a PC that has no games. But I've been buying more games lately for my PC. Chivalry 2 is a really fun one. Um, kind of fell off that personally. I, I like it a lot. I'm so glad I bought it. I am just going to say right now, though, I've been distracted with some other games, which we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing and why I started this podcast stick around I promise you it'll be worth it if, if you like to hear me talk about video games if not I don't know why you're here anyway um, by the way you know I was saying I was relating this to politics and, and geopolitical shit and the economy I, I might and I still do this is more brief my thoughts, my initial reviews, but I'm speed running through a, a crap ton of games on the off chance I don't get around to actually doing individual episodes on these said games. There are a couple I will. I do want to do one on Insurgency Sandstorm at some point. I do want to do one on a few other games that I'm about to get to. Anyway, Chivalry 2 is extremely fun. I say I've logged about 15 or so hours, maybe more, into it. It's very simple. <laughs> it is cross-play, actually, and it's on all big devices, you know, uh, Xbox, PC, PlayStation. Um, not on Switch, 
yet. They should add it there, though. And for the love of God, they need to add it on VR. It's a perfect game for that. Basically, Chivalry 2, you play as a knight, and you fuck people up. It's as simple as that. It is a online battle clash game arena style. Um, close quarters combat, clearly. You're working with medieval weaponry. You do actually unlock them. There is actually a, a good progress to be had. Um, and, you know, you got a bunch of classes and subclasses within that. You choose it. You choose your weapons. You unlock weapons within each one. Get some skill tree points per per class. And you fuck people up. I personally like free-for-all. It's the most chaotic. It's the most fun. But you got your team deathmatch. You got your capture the flag. You got your, like, escort sort of thing. You got your free-for-all. You are a knight. Graphics are great. You have a sword, and you fuck people up. What more do I need to say? Yeah, you can have a mace, you can have an arrow, you can have an axe. There are different weapons, and they have different attributes and skills and things to consider in combat for yourself and defensively when you're fighting someone with said weaponry. Limbs come off, heads go flying, you could pick up a head, you could throw it at someone that does damage. This is a brutal game, but it also knows how zany and wacky it is. So it's very gory, it's very brutal. If you're if you got a queasy stomach, if you don't like gore, if you don't like violence, don't play this game. This game is purely on the basis that you want to come in, bash someone's head in with a fucking cup, cut off someone else's head, take that head and throw it at another enemy, chop off someone's foot, and then toss that foot in the air as a distraction as you go and you fucking shield bash another guy's head in. Super gory, super fun, dumb fun to allow yourself, but, but, real quick, it's not easy. It's not actually an easy game. It's an easy game to pick up and play. It's not an easy game to master. It To get good, to lead, to win free-for-alls, to win or be a leader in Team Deathmatch, you actually have to get good because it's not just hack and slash. It's not quite like For Honor. For Honor is a great game. I highly recommend it. I haven't played it in a while, so I don't actually know what all has changed, but... As of a year or two ago, it still stayed relatively the same. Super fun game. It's not quite like that, but there is parrying. There is blocking. There are tactics and maneuvers and movements you can do. There is It, is, it can be played in thir- third person, but it is also a high emphasis on first person. I personally play it in first person only. So very rarely will I switch to third person in Chivalry 2. Um, but yes, there's blocking, there's parrying, there's dodging. There are combo strikes that you kind of land. But it's not like points or anything. I mean, you get points, but you get points in relation to the damage you do on somebody. So it's just kind of a quick indicator how bad you're hurting them. So these fights aren't immediate. It's not like COD. They can go on for a second or two. But it's super chaotic, super bloody, and super fun. Chivalry 2 is cross-play. And it's on all platforms, uh, all major platforms. So definitely check that out. That also comes in at $40. So Insurgency Sandstorm Chivalry 2, two of those for the price of a brand new deluxe game, definitely worth your investment. I couldn't think of a better way to spend $80. And come Black Friday, you'll get that on sale. Anywho, here's another dinger. I'm telling you guys, these $40 games are knocking it out of the fucking park. The Hunt Showdown. To be fair, I haven't played enough of this recent. I did buy it for 10 bucks on my Xbox way back over the summer. I liked it. I figured, huh, on my PC it might be even a better experience. I bought the Deluxe Edition on my PC for $35. So $5 cheaper than a standard version. But it comes in at $40. You can probably get it for something better on Black Friday, depending on your station and um, on your platform where you play, whatever. 
um, super fun. It is a escape battle royale extraction game. So you're dropped in this world. Beautiful graphics. 1816 Wild West style. You got these old rustic weapons. Sound is everything. This is the game that I was saying earlier. Has probably the best sound design of a game I've heard with binaural sound capture. You have to play with headphones. You, If you don't have gaming headphones, do not buy this game. Or buy gaming headphones first. You will inevitably get fucked every time and you will not want this game. This game is super hard. It's probably the most difficult game on this list. So if you're not into that kind of game, back away. Do not play Hunt Showdown. But I highly recommend if you're up for the challenge and you can ready, ready to take a beating and, and learn... Definitely invest in the Hunt Showdown because basically you're dropped in this map. You can go in online with a partner or a trio or solo. doesn't matter. There are a bunch of PvE enemies. Zombies, creatures, ghouls, hounds, etc. You know, you can run through, knife them, whatever. Real easy fodder, but can fuck you up if you're not paying attention. Then you have your, you know, small, little bigger, tankier guys. I forget their names, but some of them are scary, and they can kill you very easily. And then you have the bounties. The bosses, if you will. There are three on a map at any given point. I think they've added more, but there are three main ones. Um, you have to search for three clues throughout the map with your partner or alone. Then once you get these clues, using Dark Sights, a little power-up everyone has... Um, once you get these clues, you're you're sneaking around, you're surviving, you're not getting killed, you're collecting some stuff. And then, once you find the bounty, you go, you kill the bo bounty. It is a boss battle, so it's a little more challenging. And once you kill it, you have to uh, extract it um, by, like, some, by, like, guarding its body so it becomes something to carry, like a token. And then you take that token to a boat and you extract Here's the catch. It is an online battle royale game. Super difficult because other people will try to kill you. Now, there's not a lot of people. It's not 100 people. It's not Warzone or Fortnite. No, there's 12 to 15 other players, give or take. But on top of the multiple PvE enemies and other players, you are constantly watching your back, and sound is key. Binarial audio means they recorded it in mind, so every sound that is made is specific to something going on, an, an item being used, a place that you're at, a thing happening. On top of that, binarial audio means it is actually truly directional, and it is recorded directionally. You know, some ways are cheated, some are light directional audio. This is full direction. If you hear something stepping next to you, it's something stepping next to you. And it, you'll never be deceived otherwise. When something's above you, you hear it above you. I don't know how that works, but they make it work. Um, it is the most directional audio, and it is key. Making noise and understanding and identifying noise, because the simplest, smallest gunshot can be heard across the entire map with a general direction in mind. So if you take a crack of your rifle... Everyone on the map will know generally where you are. Will they go to you? Will they kill you? Meh, maybe, maybe not. That's not really the concern. It's an element that elevates the game in a new way, unlike others. Graphics are great. Gameplay is great. Here's the other catch. If you die, you fucking die. The hunter, your said character, with their skills and attributes that you've leveled up, with their weapons that you've gotten, dies, and all the shit that's on them, out the window, gone too. 
So you have to pick your hunter wisely. You do get one free hunter every time you play, so you can always play. That's never an issue. You Once you unlock certain things through their currency, it is permanently unlocked. They just have to find them again. They don't have to, or, or not find it again. They just have to, yeah, resupply it again or something. But you don't have to buy it again once you buy it once. So, microtransactions for all these games, all these games I've mentioned so far are purely cosmetic. Everything else is f- content-wise is free. I think there are some hunters that are DLC in the Hunt Showdown, but main content is free in updates. So. All these games are $40. They will be on sale. All these games are absolutely phenomenal for their own respect. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you get them all if they sound interesting. Now let's move on to some other games. So we got through our $40 of pure gold. Those three games, hands down, some of the best. Um, here are some others I've been playing as brief notes to mention. Dead by Daylight. Super fun. Um, most people know this game right now. It's been out a while. I actually used to Twitch stream it. Play One person plays the killer, four survivors, asymmetrical um, survival game. Survivors have perks and attributes. They're trying to start five generators. Once they do, they have two gates that can um, then be opened. All these things take time and make noise. They have to hide, evade, and use their perks and abilities and tools to stay alive and stay hidden from the killer. The killer has a set amount of attributes, perks, and a few downsides. The killer is the only one that can kill. The um, By doing so, they have to hit you twice. If they hit you once, you can be injured, you can heal. They have to hit survivors twice or down them. Then they have to put them on this hook, and then the entity is summoned over time. Players can be unhooked. They can wiggle free in the process of being hooked. And I think it takes two times. Second time someone's hooked, the entity comes a lot faster but can still be saved. Third time they're hooked, it's almost instant death. Um, once all generators are turned on and the gates are open, the player, the survivors go through that before the killer can get to them, and they extract safely, and they win. It's a very simple game with some simple mechanics, and once you learn the, the maps and the mechanics, it's all just downhill from there. It's just upgrading your, your said favorite survivors or your said favorite killers and upgrading them the way you want to play, and having fun. It's a super fun game. It is challenging. It is frustrating. Um, It is free on Game Pass. So anybody who has Game Pass, I highly recommend you get that service in general. If you don't, if you have PC or if you have Xbox, you can get it, and I say it's fucking worth it. It is probably the most valuable bang for your buck you can buy in general, other than maybe a music service. Um, Netflix is great, all these other streaming services, I'm a filmmaker, right? They're all great, but good lord, you'll not get as much money, bang for your buck, if you're a gamer and you try games. Because back in my day, other than a demo, or renting it at a blockbuster or family video, other than that, if you wanted to try a game, you had to buy it. And if you didn't like it, you had to pray you could get a decent refund, or you just had to suffer the consequences. So my generation, we are, and this is why I make these channels the way I do, these episodes, copious amounts of research. Every time I'm investing a penny into a video game, I am doing a lot of research. That barrier of entry is lowered when that game is free or part of a subscription I'm already um, with. I don't plan on canceling my subscription. It does tie my actual Xbox that I will always want for now, 
it's how I play with some of my closest friends. Um, and it's what allows me to try so many games. And new and old. Um, and they cycle through games all the time. Dead by Daylight wasn't on there forever. It recently was added in the last few months. And I'm very thankful for it because it is super fun. There are some downsides to all of these games. I'm not always going to go over them, but real quick, let me get through them. Insurgency Sandstorm's biggest downside, um, there aren't many, I would actually say. But like I said, I'd like some more game modes. And um, a little uh, better way to modulate the lobbies because there are some people who aren't with it, who don't really care about the objectives, and that's a headache. Okay, um, Chivalry 2, they need, they need way more content in general. And they need to re-incentivize re and improve some methods to keep cross-play and to keep other things clearer. And they need to add some more stuff for progression or something that would be worthy to unlock. Uh, what's the other one? Hunt Showdown. Hunt Showdown um, It's pretty great the way it is. It's one of those games that if it changes anything foundationally, well, any of these games, if they do that, they're not as amazing as they are already. But I guess I would say to have a more uh, vocal community with voice comms. From what I can understand, it's not very common. And this game seems it would be very useful to have that. So that's those. Um, the biggest con for Dead by Daylight are bugs galore. It's actually not that buggy. It's not like a Fallout or anything. It's just a little dated. It looks good. It runs okay. But... It looks like it's from 2017, 2018, because it is. And that's fine, but there's been not much of a polish. Okay, maybe it's the engine it's built on, but there could be a little polish, a little more cleaning up, um, a little better or more accurate lighting and textures and pop-ins and graphic fidelity of that nature. Audio can be cleaned up a little bit, but it's pretty good audio. It's pretty reliable. Biggest thing, server, connectivity, loading. Oh dear God, Jesus almighty. It could take five fucking minutes for you to load into a game. And it's no reason for that to happen. There's over 600,000 people playing it monthly. And it's cross-play enabled. <laughs> oh, also add cross-save. Jesus. Let me merge my accounts. Anyway, um, so that game is a little frustrating because it seems like some of they add more content than they're willing to fix, and that's a dangerous spiral. Excuse me. Apparently that's an ongoing issue with the Dead by Daylight community. I'm only aware of it now, but I would hope to see some genuine fixes to server stability, connectivity speed, and some polish. Honestly, at this point, a Dead by Daylight 2 wouldn't hurt at all. Okay, moving on. Um... What else? Deep Rock Galactic. Highly recommend this game. It is only 2 gigabytes in a download. I believe it is 25 bucks. I could be mistaken. Um, it is free on Game Pass, and it is super fun. Cross-play, cross-progression. You are a dwarf. You are mining for stuff. Um, you are exploring these procedurally generated caves. You complete these objectives. You mine some extra materials. You get out. You upgrade your stuff. 
you go back in. You have weapons, you have a specified class per dwarf, you're able to kill aliens, complete objectives, improve your stuff, and unlock more throughout the game. It is co-op, it is very, very friendly for co-op. Um, like I said, cross-progression, cross-save, all that, it is super fun. And if you have Game Pass, there's no reason not to get it. It's only 2 gigs on your storage space. Because just so you know, when you have Game Pass, it's no longer an issue of, oh, should I buy it if it's on Game Pass, right? It's free to download. It's, do I have the storage? There's so many games that there's not enough storage for them all. So, yeah. This one you have storage for, and it's worth it. Worth at least the try. If I was to say if there's one downside, I wish there's a little more mission variety. The objectives that it does get a little repetitive. It's still fun, and thank God it's procedurally generated, but I'd like some new enemy variants, and I'd like some new um, mission variants. So just a little more variety would help. would go a long way in that game, but that game is damn near flawless from where I stand. So that's another one I've been having a lot of fun with recently. I know, you go like, Jesus, you played too many videos. I know. I didn't have much to do in my free time, unless I, if I wasn't making music, if I wasn't running 50 Flames, if I wasn't making films, I'm gaming. You know, once I do my homework and all my necessities for the day. Once I get all that out of the way. What else? Thinking of one other game. No, that's it. Those are all the ones I want to mention. That are notable, that I've been having a lot of fun with, that I think are Splitgate as always, free to play, and that's definitely one to check out. Warzone is fun. Warzone's fun. I've actually been having a lot more fun. Been getting back into it. They're updating it. They got the new Pacific map update coming up. That's gonna be exciting. So if you're in a battle royale, Warzone's one of the better ways to do it. Um, if you got some buddies to play with, that always elevates it. So Warzone's always a solid for me. It's not one I'm gonna say everybody needs to get it, and it's not one I'm going to say is the best game ever, but it's there, and it is fun, and I'm thankful for its cross-play, for its ease of access, and for the fact that it's free and fun. Um, I hope they keep adding maps, I hope they keep adding content, and I hope they implement anti-cheat, and, and for the love of fucking all things holy, Call of Duty needs to get the shit together on PC, because it is not very well optimized. So those are the remaining stragglers. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes of the whole show. Let's get to the heavy hitters. The first time we've had all three AAA heavy hitters come onto the stage to start swinging at the same fucking time. We haven't had this since 2015, I believe, or 2016, I guess. And even then, I don't even know if it perfectly lined up. We've got a new Call of Duty, we've got a new Battlefield, and we have a new Halo. So let's get into it. The titans of the AAA first-person shooter gaming market cornerstone. In this corner, weighing in at 70 whole dollars, we have, as his predecessor one year before and a year before that, Call of Duty Vanguard Edition, coming in with a whopping amount of content, considering it's a COD game. Coming in with a whopping amount of content from a full-fledged campaign to the multiplayer suite all COD players come to love and appreciate to a COD Zombies that was actually an afterthought that was penciled down most likely 24 days before its actual release because it's apparent that Treyarch was pushed last second to fucking do that. Is it fun? Yeah, 
I know that's not the best response for COD, but let's actually look at it. Um, okay, here we go. Campaign can't speak on, and I apologize. I wish I could have gotten around to it. I did get it recently. I only bought Vanguard, as I said, to play with a friend. Um, so I never actually had the full chance to get into the campaign yet. Um, I do want to get into it. It does look interesting, but it also kind of looks savvy. So we'll see. There are more interesting games still coming out, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to, but we'll see. Um, here's what I can speak on. Pros and cons. Multiplayer suite. Oh, my God. I played the beta Vanguard. Oh, they fixed everything. Kudos to them for fixing it and actually following through. Sound design has improved tremendously. Gunplay feels better. Everything feels better. It's smooth. It's fast. It's responsive. It's COD. It's much better than Cold War. It's much more polished. It looks better. It feels better. It's more fun. It's more consistent. So if you're afraid it's going to be Cold War, let me reassure you it is not. And if you want to just step your toes back into COD, you can do so now safely. Um, it's not as good as Modern Warfare 2019. Modern Warfare 2019 stood above all else and was one of the better games that year. And it was impressive. And I still will stand by that every time. It is in a f it's still a phenomenal game to this day. We're talking first three seasons, four seasons of Modern Warfare. Yeah. That stellar and unforgettable campaign. Spec Ops was meh, unfortunately. They did fumble there. Multiplayer Suite was some of the most vast and original with great weapon progression and balancing and feel from maps, controlling if it's fast-paced or not, through a tactical realism mode. Ugh, just love that game. The graphics, the movement, the weight of everything felt like Call of Duty was reaching a new peak. And it did. Cold War was a piece of shit compared to it. It's okay. It's just not even good. I was hoping, oh, we might get interesting with the Black Ops theme. No. I mean, campaign was mad to me. Um, a lot of people liked it. I found it very, very, very trite. Um, but I did find some, some aspects of it very interesting. I just feel like they, they played out some things that didn't even be played out. And they emphasized characters I could give a fuck less about as a Black Ops fan. So, that's okay. It was an okay campaign for Cold War. Multiplayer Suite was fun, fast, but not for very long. It was about, the fun lasted for about eh, six hours total. Zombies was a standout. Oh my god, they knocked it out of the fucking park with zombies. It's actually what kept me coming back to the game as a whole. I mean, they added so much. They just convenience and modern updates that were much, much needed. New weapons and upgrades. You could bring your own loadout in. You can upgrade it. You can upgrade your perks and abilities across the board through progression with Ethereum crystals. Um, the gunplay was phenomenal as always. Zombies would, would decay and fall apart and chunks of them would be torn apart. Um, you could see the health damage. The maps were vast and they had multiple avenues and objectives to complete. It was a solid experience. The only downside was they actually didn't release enough maps. The more maps they did, it was always an event. It's super fun to play with friends. It was always new things to find, new ways to play. And then they added added Outbreak, which was a phenomenal idea and mode. I do wish it kind of fine-tuned and polished it a little more to make it more desirable to come back again. But it was super fun while it lasted, and it's still, it's still a good mode. Oh, man, the zombie suite knocked it out of the park. That was Cold War. Vanguard. Vanguard, like, once again, can't speak on the campaign. I can speak on multiplayer and zombies. Multiplayer? 
a step above Cold War significantly and not quite a good step for in terms compared to um, Modern Warfare 2019. It felt like Cold War should have never existed and if the Cold War Zombies was implemented fully and fleshed out but in Vanguard, Vanguard would have been the natural step, slight step down from Modern Warfare 2019 but not a complete step backwards like Cold War was. Just a slight step down in my perspective multiplayer-wise, but it's still a super fun multiplayer. Fun, dumb, simple, but well-made, well well-polished, oiled machine in multiplayer suite. The Zombies is a fucking travesty because the Zombies in Cold War was some of the best Zombies I've seen in a long time. I'm like, how the fuck did they done fuck this up so quickly? Well, it's because I guarantee you they weren't actually slated, nor did they plan to be on Vanguard. I guarantee you. Treyarch was not imagining that they would be asked to be doing zombies for Vanguard. In fact, I think they thought that Sledgehammer Games might have been designing, oh, I don't know, their own PvE mode, as they often did. So I do understand maybe why. Because they don't even have a round-based mode for the zombies. That's how fucking behind they are. The most simple way of just... If you just needed a zombies for day one, and to say you had it, you could have had one map, classic World War II map, from like original zombies, with some elements added into it, round-based, and then added shit as you went. That's all they needed. <laughs> but no. No. They added this whole new thing. Kind of a hybrid of Outbreak. You're on this one map. It does expand as you do more objectives. These objectives are really short and boring. You get some stuff and that's it. It's stupid. It's one map. It's one mode. It's very, very boring. But on the bright side, they have noticed that they're going to add a lot more content. Round bases coming back. All the great stuff. All the goodies. So it looks like we'll get back in full flesh after a few patches. It's still just a shame from the first month to not have a fully fleshed out zombie. So if you're going to get Vanguard, get Insurgency Sandstorm so you have the tactical realism, more fully fleshed, hard-hitting military game, and then get COD for those relaxing, decompressing days where you want to run and gun and be dumb. Because for that, it's very fun. You can be very good at it, and it's satisfying. It is that dopamine and serotonin uh, rush that we all do desperately cling for. So Call of Duty Vanguard is this one of these games I just recommend nobody really gets unless it's a good sale, unless you have Insurgency Sandstorm, or unless you really want to. There's no reason not to because it's not actually a terrible game. It's a solid game. It's a mediocre game. It's an okay game in certain respects. It's just in comparison to some other CODs, it's not great in comparison to what else you can get with that money. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie when I say it's not fun. It is definitely fun for what you get, and I am excited because it is a lot of content when you look at it. You do get a full campaign. You do, you do get a very, very large and plentiful multiplayer suite. Warzone's still there, and you do get a very bare-bones zombies. Come in the next month and a month and a half, more multiplayer modes, more weapons, more balances, more tweaks, and a new fleshed out, more maps, more modes, new tweaks and improvements to zombies will make it even more worth it. So it is fun. I I do enjoy it. But I won't go out on a limb and say it's the best game ever. Nor will I say that you absolutely have to buy it. 
So that's Call of Duty Vanguard. I wasn't actually going to buy it. And honestly, I don't think my life would have changed too much if I didn't buy it, other than saving $70. But then again, I'm not like mad at myself for buying it because I had the realization that this game is what it it does achieve what it strives to be and strives to be excuse me and that is to be a fun casual run and gun that is satisfying that gives you a lot of progression that lets you cross play and play with your friends at ease and that is polished well-oiled experience that lets you have a lot of fun it is that and for that it does deserve a lot of applause it knows what it's doing it goes out and it does it it does unfortunately lose usually miss in an entire fucking region you think they would have had this down by now they have three things they have the campaign they've got the multiplayer suite and they've got the extra pve mode and now they have the warzone warzone is its own entity that will update per cod game and in between little patches so that's on its own fine campaign understandable keep it people actually like the campaign and will play it multiplayer suite is what we know today never hurts to add its own twist its flair add some game modes make some improvements make some changes all good so that pve mode somehow almost always misses its mark and i never know why because i'm like haven't you guys got this shit down by now and that's what's remarkable cold war had the worst development cycle and yet it pulled through on the one area that usually these games fall off on. And that's because Treyarch is masterful at making zombie games. I don't know why they haven't made a COD solo zombies game. And that's a whole other podcast episode. I'm not kidding. I did a whole podcast episode on the COD zombies franchise and what can be done with that. So please go check that out for more. Okay, Call of Duty Vanguard out of the way. Drum roll in this corner. Actually, wait, we'll do it for the next segment. Let me Let me get my water. Okay, I have my water. Apologies. Here we go. In this corner, weighing $110. Coming in at not even a purchase point for Psychic. We have Battlefield 2042. I may be very, very quick with this. This will not be like COD Vanguard. Because I actually bought and played COD Vanguard. And I actually appreciate COD Vanguard. And I am blown the fuck away if you go back to september and ask me what i thought was going to come out on top personally halo infinite for me was the one i was most excited for most hopeful in and put too many eggs in my basket for and probably set myself up for failure but we'll get to that in a minute so that it was really up in the air for me but it wasn't i was like cod vanguard versus battlefield 2042 i was watching the gameplay stuff i was watching the trailers i was watching the initial reviews we're talking September, early October. Okay, so this is not actually a lot of info at that time. But still, I'm looking at both. I'm like, oh, it's fucking on. Battlefield's going to wipe the floor with Vanguard. Nothing against Vanguard, but like Vanguard, I could tell, was going to be slacking compared to some of its other CODs. And I knew Battlefield was coming in with all the firepower it could possibly bring. I'm like, all right, we this is a done and dusted case. And Vanguard and Battlefield shot themselves in the... F- no, they grabbed a double-barrel shotgun and blew their fucking brains out. They didn't cheddar-bob themselves. They cobained themselves because... Or co-brained. I'm going to hell. I know. Um, because I just... Oh, it hurt. It actually hurts me. I'm very upset because I'm a big Battlefield fan. 
I would almost always go and say Battlefield over COD because Battlefield felt more like a military experience. Still fun, more arcadey, not like Insurgency Sandstorm, which is really the reigning champ of all these games, military-wise. But, um, but yeah, it didn't, didn't have to happen like this. Uh, it really didn't have to go down like this. I don't get it. I played the Battlefield, I played the COD Vanguard beta, I, I was like, okay, it's okay. It'll be fun if I get it, but it's not really, I'm not in a hurry for it, right? It didn't do any favors for me. But those betas that only last two days are trial runs for those who are timid on getting it. Unfortunately, because the game's usually really shitty then. It's actually not very polished at all. It's almost unplayable usually, which is really unfortunate. Um... Vanguard was playable, it was just a little glitchy, and it had some audio issues, but it was all manageable. But some of it was hindering, and when since, since they fixed it and made some general core mechanic tweaks, oh god, Vanguard's so much better for it. Um, Battlefield 2042, played the beta. I'll, I am shit you not, I've never played a beta so, so briefly. So excited, too. Played that beta for 35 minutes, and after three or four matches, I was like, okay. I'm done. I can't do this. I genuinely couldn't do it. I was going to throw up from motion sickness. The game is so poorly optimized that I thought that there was going to be a lawsuit on EA hands, EA's hands for causing a seizure and not warning people about it. Oh my god, the beta, the lights, the bugs, the glitches, the wall tears, the screen tears, the nothing fucking worked. It was such a broken game that that I'm honestly surprised that even EA said, fuck it, they'll buy it anyway. I saw that and that was only a month away. I'm like, ain't no fucking way this game is turning 100 180 degree on that one. Apparently a lot of the main issues have been handled, but still, it's a super buggy mess. Super, super, super buggy. It does not work. It crashes. It glitches out. There are light issues. There are audio issues. There are issues with vehicles or th hit registration. All of these messy fucking bugs. This is an opening week, and a lot of people who got it got the got to play ten days before or whatever, or seven days before had to buy the hundred and ten dollar edition for that. Whatever. Um, the problem is this game set is going back to its roots. Like Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 3, modern-ish, or a little more future-ish warfare. But boots on ground, vehicles, large-scale combat, new dynamic weather systems that come in play, cross-play with next-gen consoles, 128 people. I mean, it had everything going for it. No worry about campaign, just to expand a multiplayer suite with a, a new hazard zone, which is kind of like Hunt Showdown. It's an extraction bounty sort of mode. You go in with a squad. You have a certain amount of items. You get your shit. You survive against other players, and you get out. Seems fitting for Battlefield. Nice little different spin that doesn't have to be um, Warzone or Battle Royale. And it had Portal. Battlefield Portal, which looked really cool. A way to kind of do a little flashback in time. Custom game servers and modes that let you take pieces and things from eras of other famous Battlefield games. Maps, vehicles, weapons, costumes, let you intermingle and mix them in different game modes and essentially emulate or play those older games just in this format. Kind of a hodgepodge, a sandbox, if you will. Truly, kids' sandbox. Putting all their favorite toys together. 
really, really brilliant idea. So, I have not buyed, not buyed, I have not bought Battlefield 2042. I don't plan on it. So let me make this as a disclaimer. And this is why this is really brief. This is just going off of reviews, initial observations, and things I've read, seen, and kind of got a feel for when I did play the beta. It was a buggy mess. The specialist kind of ruined the flow of it. Battlefield has always been unique in one regard. It's been super immersive, and it has balanced large-scale cinematic, almost like it felt like it had to have been scripted, crazy beautiful and and intense moments that make you feel there. You're like, oh, we're at war. Let's go. While still keeping it very, very snappy and, and, and intense. You were there. You were immersed. You'd break down the building up plane would fly over, a bombing run would hit, you'd snipe two people, you'd switch your secondary, then you'd get blown up and you'd do it all again. Crazy, crazy, cinematic, chaotic, but balanced. Because even though it's massive in scale and a lot of things are going on, it can still really focus in. You can still do these amazing killing sprees and really be an instrument for pushing your side towards the win or at least towards getting your accomplishments and getting your medals in. There's a perfect balance, and there's no other game that could do what it does. And it's and I will always love the franchise for that, and the way they try to implement and improve that method. So, when I played the beta, and from what I've seen, Battlefield 2042 done fucked that all up because two major things. First, they added specialists. Okay, fine, I don't get why, for cosmetics. Here, uh, you know, mo- characters that are locked in, but they can have any guns. Oh my god, this breaks it. This breaks the balance of the game. Snipers were snipers. They were limited to snipers. Assault rifle, so on and so forth. You chose the class. You got the weapon. And I, even at some point, I think you can even switch out the weapons. But the classes had abilities and stuff. You had medics. You had, you know, you didn't have operators. Or specialists or heroes or whatever you want to call them. But it's all the same. It's just classes, squads within those classes, and it made that balance work and that progression work. You had hundreds of guns to unlock and upgrade and pieces and parts to get with it. So this large-scale vehicle, cinematic, explosive combat mixed with this medium to close-quarters combat. To have your buddies in a tank push the front line, do a lot of damage, and then when they get blown up by a plane, you run through that that explosion literally that took them out a second ago into the building and you kill a bunch of people and take the objective nothing like that in battlefield 2042 you literally can't have a moment like that because even if there's no bugs getting in your way from my observation from my from what i played and what i learned the specialists limit you to having that flexibility within your player base there's not enough guns on release there's 23 games guns in total i think Oh my god, it's like four assault rifles in a battlefield game. We're usually talking 70 to 80 guns from the start, and way more added very quickly. Um, so not many weapons to choose from with diverse attachments. In fact, I read that some of the attachments had the same stat effects, so people didn't even want the attachments. So even through the bug fixes and all that, here's my biggest issue, the map design. Oh dear god, the maps were incredible in scale and very beautiful, and the dynamic weather was really fun. Don't get me wrong, I think the maps were cool. But the fuck is going on? They're so big, you it would take 30 minutes to get from one end to the other. Whereas other Battlefield games, yes, they were massive. 
bigger than almost any other multiplayer game. Gargantuan. And yet they felt manageable. You always had vehicles, or you always ways, or you always spawned in ways where you can walk and still be in the action within a minute. No, no, no. I, I shit you not, I walked for eight straight minutes, and I couldn't find Dick, and I got hit by a sniper, and that was it. And I'm like, and then I spawned back there, and I had to walk again. They do have a drop-in vehicle system that appears to not actually work all the time. That isn't effective. So you don't even get a vehicle at all times to get you to your location. That's why they had that system in place in the there in the first place to remedy that. The whole idea with this philosophy was make a map that was like eight times larger than any other Battlefield map, which is saying something because their maps are fucking huge. And then that way you can have multiple Battlefields going on at the same time. No, that's not how that works. That breaks the entire flow. Everybody's just going to go to where everybody else is at. But nobody's going to want to leave that area because that's the only place there's action. So there's only one point of contention, usually. And to get there takes a fucking minute. And so when people are dying and having to respawn all the way back there and spend 15 minutes to get back to that spot if they have no vehicle, they're not going to want to play the game and they'll leave within the first six hours because they cannot play it without being blocked by its own shitty design and that's what I've, what what made me afraid because bug fixes can be fixed it's always a shame but they can be fixed but if the core gameplay seems it has broken its own loop and its beauty then I don't want to really do it so Battlefield 2042 I'm not even buying until I see significant change and improvement and even if I do I'm not sure if it's going to be for me for the reason that they're changing almost their entire meta for what seems to be no reason and it's unfortunate. But that's okay. These things happen. Now, to close the show, let us get into the final contestant. The one that has stole the show, and in my opinion, has ended the year in video games of 2021 on a massive W. Ladies and gentlemen, the titan you've all been waiting for in this corner, coming out in a surprise attack, weighing zero dollars. It has single-handedly brought Call of Duty and Battlefield down to their knees within three days. It has single-handedly shook the entire video game industry. And it has taken 2021 by storm and will effectively hold its reign till February of 2022. Halo Infinite. Halo's back, baby. Now, little, little history on why I'm biased towards Halo. And there are some episodes I've done on Halo. Halo Reach is my all-time favorite video game. It's my first FPS I ever played as a kid. Um, it's what got me into it. It's when I moved. I was able to be with my friends. And while no other Halo games after that were as good, I still appreciated the franchise and went back and played all the other originals and classics. So Halo has a special place in my heart, and I was putting a lot of my faith in Halo Infinite as I was watching the campaign and the multiplayer and getting too hyped. But here's how it played out for me. We're talking in August. You know, they made their fixes. They, they went and improved their mistakes that we all saw. I was already su surprised and, and pleased by that. And they announced, you know, the multiplayer is free to play across the board. It'll allow up to 120 FPS on certain devices. 
PC day one as well, which is always cool. I didn't have the PC at the time, but I'm like, oh, that's good. More inclusive. Cross-play, cross-progression, free-to-play multiplayer suite. The whole multiplayer suite for Halo. And free updates and content to come. Battle Pass, yes. Purely cosmetic, yes. No progression, nothing like that locked behind any kind of paywall, no DLC of that nature behind a paywall. Just cosmetics. If you want to invest in time limits are very long, and you can always go back and redo them to get those armor pieces you may miss later. That's the full package. I've never seen anything like it. Cross-play, working all that. Um, free-to-play, multiplayer. We've never seen AAA Studio with its full multiplayer suite go free-to-play. That I know of. It's always been a mode. Battle Royale or Warzone or this or that. But Halo said, fuck it. Full multiplayer. Make it free for anybody with an Xbox or PC. Right? That's the only place you can play it anyway. Campaign, not free. Here's the thing, though. If you have Game Pass, which most people on Xbox, you'd be surprised. Most people do. You get it free. Day one. So, I'm not paying a damn penny towards Halo Infinite. Which is great. Which really, really makes me wish I didn't buy Vanguard. But makes me really glad I didn't buy Battlefield 2042. I've saved so much money from Halo alone. Here's the thing. Here's the bigger reason. So, it looked great. The gameplay looked good. 343 has missed their steps many a time. They were kind of finding their identity and footing in Halo 4. Wasn't quite there yet. Okay, fine. Halo 5... Eh, kind of worse, actually. Campaign wasn't as good, and, and the, it was really copying Titanfall, and it was a shame, because it's like, Halo, what are you doing? You're Halo. You don't need to copy anybody. They copy you. What the fuck are you doing? Cod and Halo are copying that advanced movement. And it's like, yeah, Titanfall's great. Titanfall 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. But, like, guys, don't copy Titanfall. Titanfall is its own thing, and fuck EA for fucking over Titanfall 2. Battlefield 1 is one of the best battlefields I've ever played and one of my favorites. That and Titanfall 2 and Dishonored 2 all came out in the same month. That was a crazy month. And Titanfall 2 is a sacrificial lamb to let Battlefield 1 propel itself off of. Titanfall 2 is thrown at Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, or whatever it's called. Infinity Warfare. <laughs> Kidding. Infinite Warfare. Um, it was thrown at that because, because, why not, to, to siphon some sales away from Infinite Warfare with that advanced movement, and then to let Battlefield 1 the next week steal a fucking show. Very smart as a company, but very shitty to do to Titanfall. Uh, Titanfall persevered, it's fine. Anywho, um, Halo 5 came around out came out around that year, I believe the year before 2015, I believe is when it came out, so, but like in the summer or something, it was weird, it was like, it was, it was very, very, it was during that whole super boost hyper jump movement, thruster packs and shit, Halo adopted that and it was like, ah, I don't know, took away from the multiplayer in my opinion, Halo Infinite, showed in its multiplayer that it's going back to its roots. It blended. 343 finally found its footing, it looked like. They they have armor, they have abilities, but it's not armor abilities. They have updated and improved and kept some, kept Halo as what it is, but also added some modern improvements and conventions. The graphics look great, and the art style, they got right. I don't know how they did it, but they blended Bungie's 
looking style while updating it for modern graphics and shit, but still kept their own unique style. And it's probably, it's not only the best looking and best running Halo ever, it's probably one of my favorite art styles. Now, once again, I'm biased. Reach will always be one of my favorites. So anything that's like Reach, I'm down for. You're never going to top that in my eyes. Campaign, Firefight, Forge, Multiplayer Suite, the whole Nandy, Andy. There's not going to be an FPS that will top Halo Reach ever. But there will always be ones that don't even need to compete because Halo Reach couldn't be competed with, in my opinion, but are in the same tier. Halo Infinite is gearing itself up to be that way. It's not going to hit that mark from the get-go, but it can. So here's what it did. It's supposed to be out December 8th. I should not be playing it right now. It did a surprise drop on November 15th. On a Monday, I believe. Um, surprise drop to celebrate Xbox and also, because same day, Halo 20th their 20th anniversary. And they just done fucked up the entire industry and said, yeah, yes, we know it's a multiplayer free game. You know, it's going to come out December 8th with the campaign and everything. But it's out now. I'm going to, huh? <laughs> Best day of November in a while. Like, wow, not really. But it was a great surprise. Like, what? It is labeled as the beta because it's, you know, three and a half weeks or so before the actual official release. That's to give them some leeway. Because it's not actual full content yet. And there are some bug fixes and improvements and some polishing. But for the most part, it runs fine. It runs better than even Vanguard did. I'm talking it runs at 120 frames. No problem. Networking issues are good. Sometimes it doesn't load. But, you know, that very well could have been my internet. <laughs> my shitty dorm internet. Um... Crossplay works, cross progression works. There's not many visual glitches, bugs. There's not there's no game crashing, there's no stuttering, there's no no, it's just it's running. I've played many hours of it and oh my god, it's Halo, it's back. It's everything we wanted in a Halo game. It there's desperately needs more content. If December eighth, when that rolls around, if there's not a massive content patch, I'm talking that update better take a full fucking day for my for my respective devices to download it. I'm talking twice the size. We're 25 gigs. If it's not 25 gigs, I'm going to be shitting myself out of fear. Campaign will also be coming out, so that'll be great. Super excited for that open world. It's going to be free for myself since I'm a Game Pass holder. But that's going to be great. Um, but um, the multiplayer suite is super fun. Currently, we got basic arena modes, team deathmatch, capture the flag, what's it called? Standoff or st whatever. It's hard point. It's domi or domination. It's domination. And there's one other mode. And then you got the ranked arena, same modes, but start with a battle rifle. Um, what else? Um, and then there's big team battle. Those are the only modes available right now. There's 10 maps available. So here's my thing. They gotta add all the modes. They gotta add, and I know it's in beta, so they can do this. There's some bug fixes and balancing, but for the most part, time to kill is satisfying. You can now do kind of a slight ADS. The assault rifle actually fucking works. It's a legitimate weapon. Still not the best weapon, but it's it's functional. 
it is so satisfying to play this game. It is so very, very satisfying. Every time you kill, it feels good. It feels satisfying. Well, it sounds messed up, but the, it feels like your, your hits are landing. It doesn't matter what you're using, what device. Vehicle handling is great. Diversity in vehicles and weapons are good and fun. I don't know half of these fucking vehicles and weapons. And that's because it's the first time we get a multiplayer before the campaign. Usually, when you have a campaign or something co coinciding with it, you learn the weapons via the campaign. Halo's beautiful because it's like an intricate, fast-paced chest. I'm a big chess fan. Each enemy, each weapon, each location, each variant has different pros and cons and ways that you can figure out how to utilize it. Right? You look at a bishop on a, on a board. It can only run diagonally on its own color. Right? So... It's very useful. It's like a sniper. You keep the bishops in its corners and, and you watch when people aren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. So, there are weapons in Halo. The weapons and the, and the armor abilities or the variations for whatever iteration of the game and the locations and the enemy types, you know? A needler on an elite is going to be far more effective than a needler on a swarm of grunts because a needler usually locks on to one target and after a certain amount of needles are shot it explodes now it's not like it's going to be bad on a grunt but you might as well just use an assault rifle on a grunt whereas an assault rifle won't be as useful on an elite these things matter we don't know how that works because we don't have a campaign to begin with so these weapons are new I'm picking up shit I'm like this looks cool I'm firing it and I swear to god I'm not using it right it's a gun. It should work when I'm aiming it at somebody and I shoot them. However, it doesn't. Of course, you got your classics. Your battle rifle. Your pistol. Your assault rifle. A new assault rifle that seems kind of cool but doesn't seem like it's fully figured itself out yet balance-wise. Energy sword, gravity, hammer. Rocket launcher. So, sniper rifle, of course. So you got all the fixings. Classic vehicles, too. But Halo is back. The time to kill is satisfying. The graphics are great. The art style is good. The customization is fire. It makes you want to get the battle pass. Um, it's a completely free-to-play game. It is going to stay free-to-play. All the progression in this beta is going to carry over. So it's like just we have the full game now anyway, which is lovely. There's going to be new content, new updates, new seasons, new challenges, new modes, new playlists. So much. But this is the standout. I was putting so much faith in this and I was so scared. Even if campaign doesn't work out the way I want to. And I'm skeptical because it's open world. But I'm very excited to explore it. Because I like this direction. And the feel of this Halo is great. 343 has never nailed down the feel of Halo. And this is finally their, their masterpiece. And it's actually probably one of the best Halos that will be made ever. I think a lot of people, once we get the full package, campaign and everything, once we get a, let's say, a six months with the multiplayer, you know, we'll come back in March and we'll see where we're at. But, um, but yeah, dude, I know that's not six months, but yeah, still, that's uh, almost for a multiplayer at least. But, but regardless, uh, no, it's not. It's four and a half months. What am I thinking? Anyway, Halo Infinite. 
is the standout this year because it's free, because it's crossplay, because it's cross progression, because Halo it's back to its roots, but it's still innovating. It has new things. You do have abilities, but you could sprint. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, it's not an armor ability. There's no armor lock to be found. Active camo is something over shields, kind of like armor lock actually, but it's just more of a shield that doesn't like destroy or EMP things. Everything's balanced. The weapons feel great. Every time you shoot and you hit somebody, that hit marker, that registration, those points, everything feels great. The voice announcers are there. It runs butter, buttery smooth. When it looks great. It is Halo, and it is phenomenal. When I was watching it, I'm like, oh, please, God, play the way it looks. And it does, and it exceeds my expectations even from that. Makes me want to come back for more. Even if, you know... And I'm so glad that they released this in beta because they needed more testing and server stressing. These servers will be ready for maximum capacity come December 8th. Now they they do need to drop a content update because I will not fucking with you when I say I cannot keep playing these same modes for months and months and months. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's a great game. It's such a great game that I could stretch it and play it for a very long time. That's how powerful the core gameplay loop is of this. But dear God, there's only like four modes on casual stuff. Ten maps, but let's be real, you're only playing five or six of them. They say there's ten maps. I have not played on all ten maps, and I have played 56 matches. Think about that. I've played 56 matches, and I shit you not, I have not played on all ten maps. Because I looked at the ten maps, I'm like, I haven't played on these four for sure. I've played on six of the ten maps out of 56 matches. That shit gets repetitive, guys. I'm, I hate to admit it. <laughs> I know it's Halo. I know we love Halo. Ten maps is not enough for a multiplayer suite for such a big title. And I don't think that's all they're releasing. But even if it is, let's say even let's say they, they're not adding maps till February. Fine. They better add a bunch when they do that. But let's say they're, okay, fine. Then you gotta add game modes, but you can't have neither. <laughs> Battle Pass, they've already addressed this. Needs desperate rehaul progression. Um, I'd like a few more Halo Reach-esque things that I thought was cool. That's a personal thing, but it's Halo Reach this first season, you know, once again, which is even bigger for me. And they extended the duration of that season, so I'm super, super, super enthused about all this. Um... I want a few more weapons, too. I know that sounds petty, because there's actually a shit ton of weapons and things to play with and learn, but here's some noticeable thing omissions that um, are confusing the holy living fuck out of me. Where's the DMR? Um, for anybody who hasn't played the Halo Infinite beta, download it, play it. If you have PC, if you have Xbox, if you're a Halo fan, just do it. It's super fun. It's 25 gigs. It's free, and it stays free, and your progress carries over. Do it. It's so fun. But there's no DMR, and that's one of my favorite guns. And there's been a DMR since Halo Reach, at least. I don't care what time zones you're switching through. Time zones, time periods are switching through. I know Reach was a prequel, but it's in Reach. It's in Halo 4. It's in Halo 5. I think it's in all the Halos. I don't know why it's not an infinite. Sniper rifle is an ordnance weapon. Okay, fine. You know... It's actually well balanced. You only get like eight shots with it. It is OP, and I'm really good with it, so that's okay. I want a Team Sniper's mode, though. 
Holy God, if they don't have Team Snipers mode on December 8th, I'm going to cry a little bit. And I'm going to need one of you guys to call me and check in on me and see how I'm doing. Because I might not make it that day. I need me my Team Snipers, people. Team SWAT and Team Snipers are my two favorite modes on Halo. I know, right? It's crazy. DMRs, sniper rifles, headshots only. It's more hardcore, more realistic. If you haven't caught on, I like challenging games. I like Sekiro. I like Dark Souls. I like Insurgency Sandstorm. I like tactical realism games. I like games that punish me a little bit, that are more challenging. Not so much to the point where it's boring or I can't play it or I feel like it's unfair. But Team SWAT and Team Snipers were always that. More challenging and more rewarding. You know, Team SWAT, you don't get shields and you get reduced health. And it's one headshot and you're done. Domed and gone. And I do think they've said that they're going to add those on December 8th. On its official full release. So they're going to add a lot more modes. A lot more maps. And a few new weapons with that. And probably all some bug fixes, some polishes, and some progression improvements. That's very soon. If they do all that and they promise on their word, Halo Infinite will sustain itself as the game of the year, in my opinion, for first-person shooters that are new. That are new. First-person shooters coming out this year of 2021. And they have not had an easy competition. We're talking the three biggest titans, Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Halo dropping in the same year. On the same month. They weren't even planned to do in the same month. Halo jumped the gun and done fucked everyone up. Because they're free to play and they work. There's no bug fixes. It's not monotonous. It's not the same. It's Halo back to its form. And the consensus is Halo Infinite is taking the W. And I couldn't be happier as a Halo fan. Also they need to add playlists. Like control over what you do. There's only three playlists. You press them you get auto loaded into the mode in the map. They need to add voting on the map. Maybe not. Maybe down the line if they have more maps. But they need to let you choose your modes. Like in Halo Master Chief Collection and every other Halo. I think they will when full release comes around. When they actually have more modes than like six. <laughs> it's okay that they don't have it right now. It's in beta. Let them polish. Let them fix. Let them add everything. But if there's not a slew of content on December 8th. And then the following month at the very least. I am going to be very scared. We are going to get co-op campaign and Forge later, so that's good. It's a shame we can't get it on the release date, but oh well. At least we're getting it. Split screen seems to be there. I actually haven't tested it, but I, I believe it's there because I read in a forum on a frequently asked question how to settings for split screen. So they brought that back. Thank God. Um, Halo 5 cut that for some fucking reason. So yeah. Long story short, Halo Infinite seems to be taking it from me. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So much more to go. I'm not very good at it because it, it, it does feel a little different. There are some different things. There's mantling. There's f more fluid movement. There's sprinting. There's sliding. I do like that. Um, it's really cool. Um, time to kill, a lot of people say, is perfect. I say it's a good balance, but... It feels a little longer than any other Halo, but it's not bad. It's still really well balanced for what you get, but it's a little jarring as a Halo player, if that makes sense. So I'm getting used to it, and I'm finally figuring it out, and I'm having a blast with it. But to be fair, it actually makes a gunfight a gunfight. Like You start shooting at somebody, it's not you turn a corner and you win because you shoot first, like Call of Duty. It's actually you 
have to consistently land your shots or you have to play smarter. I have been outsmarted and I have outsmarted other people when I should have gotten my ass handed to me because I'm not always the best player. But if I was playing smarter, I could still win. That is so beautiful to make that a core core pillar of the gameplay loop. So all in all, once again, Halo Infinite takes the cake. I'm super excited. They better add that more content and it will be even better off. So we have had a very exciting past three and a half months of gaming on my end. Personally, from what I played, there's my suggestions. If you can afford them all, wait for Black Friday or whatever, buy them all. If you have a PC or Xbox, just get Halo Infinite right now. That'll save you the trouble because that takes the cake and has the most potential. Best military shooter. Insurgency Sandstorm. Best real, best brutally, brutal, realistic Battle Royale Hunt Showdown. Oh, also notable mention, free-to-play as well now. I had to buy it when it was 20 bucks, but free-to-play Rocket League. Oh my god, Rocket League is super fun. I forgot. I'm getting back into it. I'm having a lot of fun with that. So definitely get Rocket League too. We have a lot of great free-to-play games, and we're in a lucky era where free-to-play games don't have their content monetized, just cosmetics. This is a very blessed time to be a gamer. There's a very big uphill battle, one that I was part of. An advocate for saying no more microtransactions and ridiculous paywalls in battle and, and premium passes for content. Don't lock progress, don't lock items, don't lock maps, don't lock modes behind paid content. Lock cosmetics if you must. But keep those content updates free for all people. And they did, and they carried that over in a free-to-play game, which is impressive. So Halo Infinite, all the content you get is going to be free unless you want to pay for the cosmetics. And quite frankly, I love Halo's cosmetics and armor. It's the one game where I want to flex the way I look. I will invest in the Battle Pass because I'm a Halo fan. Rocket League, I'm not so sure. I, oh yeah, I did. I actually bought the Rocket Pass. Yeah, why am I saying I'm not so sure? I did buy it yesterday. (laughs) I was thinking about it. Yeah, I bought it yesterday. We'll see how it is. It was on sale. And I was like, fuck it. I'll give it a shot. I've been playing it so much with my buddy now. I wanted to get the new customizations. I've never... I bought Rocket League when it came out, but I've never bought the Battle Pass, the Rocket Pass, whatever. I wanted to see what it was all about. So we'll see. All cosmetic. All up to my discretion. I usually don't buy stuff like that. But, you know, on Halo and Rocket League and a few games I'm having fun with and I want to see or try it out or support... I'm down for it. So, that's it. Halo Infinite. Best free-to-play, easily. (laughs) If you have the option to get it. And just notable standout as the FPS. The Titan of all three took took them out. And it's not even fucking out yet. (laughs) Vanguard and Battlefield have had their full release. And Halo Infinite is more polished and has more better reception as a beta. Think about that. Let me reiterate. COD Vanguard is doing okay. Has okay reception. And it actually works just fine, but it's out. Battlefield 2042 is fully out, both at full prices, 60 or 70 bucks or more. Halo Infinite is not actually fully out, even though kind of it is, but it's in beta, quotation marks, even though all the progress carries over. It's multiplayer. Halo Infinite multiplayer is in beta three weeks before its intended release. It's a surprise drop, free to play across the board, and it is playing, running, and getting better reception and feedback than the other two games that are at full price that are fully released.
That's how strong Halo is this year. Do not be mistaken. So there's that. Insurgency Sandstorm, Hunt Showdown, Chivalry 2, Rocket League, Dead by Daylight. What else? Deep Rock Galactic. Halo Infinite and COD Vanguard if you so choose. Those are the standouts for these past few months. There will be more games to come that I'm looking forward to. There's more content on the Psychic front, and I will keep you all updated. Keep following me at Psychic34 for more content, and I appreciate all the love and support. Until next time, peace.